Hello One Heart Church. It's great to be with you on this uh, Pentecost Sunday and uh, I'm here to share the word with you today um, and I pray that it is a real blessing to you. It's, it's awesome to be uh, in your homes or wherever you may be watching this and uh, yeah, I just pray this really bl- message really blesses you. I pray that you enjoyed the praise and worship and uh, yeah, so let's get into it now. I'm going to talk today about victory over a spirit of fear. This message has challenged and blessed me putting it together, and I hope it challenges and blesses you. This, when God put this on my heart, it was specifically for people that are, are struggling with, with fear and timidity, but it applies to all of us. Uh, there's, there's so many points in here that apply to all, all of our lives. Um, for this, in 2 Timothy 1, 6-8, it says, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity, but a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. So do not be ashamed to testify about our Lord or ashamed of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. And so that verse is um, is a, a uh, a man called the Apostle Paul, who was one of the um, uh, one of the um, first people to take the gospel uh, out from uh, Jerusalem, I guess, into the uh, other parts of the world, uh, to the Gentiles, as they were called at that time, um, the people that weren't Jew- Jewish. And so, um, fear is a normal, temporary emotion that we may, we may experience uh, at different times. Uh, you know, if, if you're down uh, swimming in the ocean and uh, a shark starts circling you, then you might experience a little bit of fear. Um, but that's not exactly what the Bible's talking about here. The Bible is talking about more than a, just a temporary emotion that we may experience, but it's talking about when fear is a constantly clouding your mind and your thoughts. You can't escape it. It seems to seems to just be with you wherever you go in any situation it's just there whether it's in the background or the foreground you can't seem to shake it it's just it's just clinging to you in a sense that's what this that's what the bible is talking about and anyone at any time can start to come under this this uh, this spirit of fear or timidity and i'm not saying this is like a, a, a identity like a demonic uh a, identity called fear or anything but just that that constant uh, thing that that doesn't escape your mind and heart Timothy was a man of God he was an evangelist a leader a preacher of the word and yet he must have struggled to minister fearlessly at times or Paul wouldn't have written this to him but Paul doesn't write him off he doesn't mock him and just and say you know Get yourself together, you're, you're a wimp or a wuss. He doesn't say that. Instead, he encourages him. In 1 Thessalonians 4, uh, 5.14, it says, Warn those who are idle, encourage the timid. Paul encourages or puts courage into Timothy. And that is exactly what God does with us too. So Paul starts by saying, Reminding Timothy to fan into flame the gift of God which he has been given. The word gift here means like a spiritual 
endowment for Timothy to be a preacher of the gospel. And every single believer, born-again believer, everyone on the planet actually, is amazingly and uniquely made. And God is so pleased with how he's made each and every one of us. And when you're a born-again Christian, it says that Christ rose up to heaven and gave gifts to, to, to people. And he has given every single one of us a gift or ability. You might not think you have a gift or ability, but you do. And, and possibly more than one. You might have many. There's just things that God enables you to do in your life. Um, and, and specifically and uniquely to you. And when we are using these gifts as they should be used, uh, with, this, uh, with a boldness, with a courage, it brings life to us. It brings great joy to us because our life is in a large part uh, made up of the outworking of our God-given gifts and abilities. And they should always be used with boldness and courage. It doesn't mean that we're rude or we are, uh, are just abrupt or dominating or, or, or unsubmissive to, to people that may be trying to help us. It does mean, however, that we are totally free to use our gifts and talents and abilities to serve others joyfully, wholeheartedly and fearlessly. It means that we are in no way restricted or restrained or subdued by fear or timidity. The parallel that the Apostle Paul uses when he's talking to Timothy is that of a fire. In Exodus 3.4, it says, When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. See, this story, this bush was actually a flame. It was a flame and it wasn't burning up. So Moses was going about his business in in the wilderness or wherever he was. And there's heaps of bushes around him. Nothing special necessarily. They're just ordinary Uh, natural plants but there's this one bush that's a flame it's just flaming but it's not burning up and it attracts Moses attention and it says that he turns away and he and he starts to look at this bush and as soon as God sees Moses turn to to go to see this bush Moses uh, God speaks out of this bush to Moses 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 and Moses says here I am you see this bush had a gift from God to be a preacher. So when this gift was a flame, it was attracting. It, was attract, it attracted the attention of, of Moses. And a God-given gift or ability that is a flame lights up our life. It arrests the attention of people in, in a good way, so they turn aside from the focus of their lives and have a look. And when they do, God notices that their receptivity is open. Their curiosity is awakened and and it is an incredible incredible opportunity for God to speak to them through us. When people are drawn to you, God has their attention and can speak to them very effectively. At the time he wrote to him, Paul likens the condition of Timothy's gift to a fire, yes, but more specifically a smouldering fire or a coal fire of coals. The fire was still present, but it wasn't flaming. The gift was still there in Timothy's life, but it, 
was either not being used at all or was being used but was restricted by fear or timidity? Are the personalized life gifts and abilities that God has given us, are they on fire or are they smothered by fear? I know in my own life there's been periods when these, the gifts or abilities that God has given me to, to help and bless others have been smothered by a timidity or a fear and they don't, they don't operate effectively. Fear had temporarily smothered the flames in Timothy. Can you remember once when you've been sitting around a fire, a bonfire or a fire at night with a group of people and in the early hours in the morning when the woods died, uh, burned down and is quite low, and there's one last flickering flame in that fire. But then there's a point when that last flame just flickers and extinguishes. And suddenly the darkness encroaches in. The fire's not putting out as much heat as it was before. And it's not as engaging because there's no, there's no lively flames dancing around this fire. And people start to wander off. It, it's not as exciting anymore. It's not, it's, it gets a bit boring. And Paul encourages and reminds Timothy to stir up or fan into flame his gift. And God is encouraging you and I this very day to do the same thing. Don't let fear surround and subdue and smother your life and the outworking of the gift or gifts God has given you. So how do we fan into flame our gift? And so our life, how do we fan into flame? Just as Paul says to Timothy, by the Holy Spirit, For our gifts to operate how they should without fear, we need three things worked in us by the Holy Spirit. These three things can be compared to a fire with flames. I've just made this comparison and linked them in just to make it easier for us to remember. And and, uh, when we think about this, to remember these three points. The first one is that fire is active, consuming, lively and engaging to people. And that is power. It puts out a lot of heat, which is love. And it lights a large area around it, and that represents a sound mind, or what I've, what I've said represents a sound mind. So the spirit of power. Jesus said you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Acts 1 verse 8. Power overcomes fear and timidity. In ourselves and in our strength, we're weak. We don't, when the devil starts to intimidate or when the world around us is anti-Jesus or anti-church, um, they, don't, they don't like it, they don't want it, then, then we have a tendency to whimper into fear or timidity. We need a greater power and a greater strength than what the devil and the world has. And that power, the Bible says, is through Jesus. He living in us is, he than, is greater than he that lives in the world. Peter uh, was called and gifted in his life to be an apostle. Uh, I don't know if you've read this story or heard of this story, but uh, he was called to be an apostle, a herald of the gospel to others. But on the night when Jesus was on trial and later crucified, Peter is sitting around the fire with all these people. Jesus is on trial. And he has a great opportunity here to share about his faith or share about Jesus to others. But you find that he can't even get a whimper out of his mouth. And And he... And he runs off. He's so disappointed. He runs away and and starts weeping in the darkness. He had no power to stand against the intimidation and he ran away. And in the days following, 
he and the other disciples, you'll find them behind locked doors because of the fear of, for fear of the Jews that just didn't want Jesus or his followers. They, weren't, they didn't want to put up with that sort of thing. But on the day of Pentecost, the, the very day that we are um, uh, remembering in a sense on this day, today, there's an event that happens when they're in this room, they're praying, they're together, and the Holy Spirit comes in like a mighty rushing wind, it says, and flames of fire start to sit on each of these people's 120 people in this room on their heads, and they start to uh, pray in other languages as the Spirit gives them utterance. They're filled with the Spirit, and God animates them, and, um, and, they, and they become uh, alive, in a sense, with this power. And on that day, you find Peter, after this event, he immediately steps out of this room and he starts to preach to this crowd. They've all gathered together on Pentecost uh, to, to into this, um, uh, in this same place. Uh, all di- people of different nations and uh, of different la- languages. And, and Peter starts preaching this message to 3,000 people. Uh, oh, sorry, to a crowd. I don't know how big the crowd was, but it says that 3,000 people gave their lives to Jesus on that, on that one message. What a transformation from not even being able to get Jesus' name out of his mouth to now seeing 3,000 people saved in one, one message. It's incredible. We need to be regularly praying to God and be being filled by his spirit, his consuming active power to be living out uh, our lives, our gifts, the things that God has called us to do effectively. The second one is spirit of love. In 1 John four sixteen to 18, And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. In this way, love is made complete among us so that we have confidence in the day of judgment because in this world we are like him. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. So love overcomes fear and timidity. There are two elements to love driving out fear. Knowing and being full of God's perfect love for us and walking in that love toward others. Knowing God's perfect love for us and perfect love for people overtakes those nagging insecurities and fears and timidities that are on our life because we know that we've been uh, incredibly and wonderfully made, uniquely made with incredible gifts and abilities and God loves us dearly. And so we don't have to worry what people think or what they might, might think of us because we know we have a heavenly Father who loves us and approves of us exactly how he has made us. God's love overtakes the fear of what others might think or say about us or how they might persecute or reject us. In Ephesians three fourteen to 21, this is one of my favorite parts of the Bible. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its names, name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide, how long, how high, 
how deep is the love of Christ. It encompasses all people. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we all we could ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. What an incredible verse. We could be filled to the measure with all the fullness of God. I don't know about you, but I sometimes I look at my life. I look at Jesus and I look at my life. And I see, I see a, a large gap between Jesus' love for people and my love for people. And, and, and lately, it, it, all the time lately, I've been asking God to, to give me his love, to put his love in me for people and, and just to grow it and just to become, um, become more like him in my life. And, and I encourage you uh, to do that. Ask that prayer. Ask him to give you more love for others. He, he will he'll answer that prayer. He's not going to deny that prayer. It's exactly the thing that he wants to do. So we must be secure in God's love in the use of our gifts and have his love for others. Only then will the use of our gifts and abilities have the warmth that fire emits to those that are around it. What good is an area of serving if it's just an activity? If it's just a, a task that we have to do without the warmth of love behind it for others? There's, there's, there's not much point. The Bible says if you haven't got love, what's the point? There's no point. It just, it's just a duty, a required activity. And people know when you genuinely love them, they're drawn to that as they're drawn to the warmth of a fire. A fire of coal can warm a few people a little but a, fo- a bonfire can warm many people a lot. I don't know about you, but I want to be a bonfire. I don't want to be just uh, uh, in living in fear and timidity, just coals and, and not being really noticed and not being that effective. And the third of these uh, elements, I suppose, of the Holy Spirit's character is the spirit of a sound mind. Um, this word sound mind literally means to save the mind, saving the mind. A sound mind overcomes fear and timidity. The mind is, is all the faculties of our living, our, our, our thought life, our will, our, our heart, our emotions. The renewing or saving of the mind from fear is by the word of God, which is also the spirit of God. Jesus said these words are spirit and they are life. The teaching of your word gives light. That's Psalm 119.130. The teaching of your word gives light. Darkness and fear go together. If you've, uh, you know, when you're, when you're a kid in your room and, uh, you know, it's been night uh, and, and dark and there's no lights on and you hear these noises or these creaks and you think there's a, a monster in the cupboard or there's a... You know, these, these things can just man, uh, appear in your mind, these thoughts about what, what it could be, and you start to fear. But as soon as you flick on the light, as soon as mum come in and flick on the light, or you flicked on that lamp and the room was lit, suddenly the fear vanished. When we only have a little of the word transforming our lives, we are susceptible to fear enclosing around us and subduing us. 
Our gift and ability to help others is plagued with anxiety about all sorts of things. Worries and cares about life, fears about what people think or might have thought or might be saying and incorrect thoughts about God and life. But when the mind is expansive, thoroughly transformed and lighted by the fullness of the word of God, then the mind is essentially saved and transformed from the fear Uh, from the fears that plague mankind we're then free to bless and help others out of our gift most effectively in psalm 27 1 the lord is my light and my salvation whom shall i fear whom shall i fear the lord is the stronghold of my life of whom shall i be afraid this is just one of the promises we can take hold of to save our mind there are thousands thousands of others in in the bible in Colossians 3.17 it says, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. See, if you have the gift of hospitality, then be hospitable in the name of the Lord Jesus. If you have the gift of giving, then give in the name of the Lord Jesus. If you're preaching, preach in the name of the Lord Jesus. Whatever else other gift or ability you might have, even if it's uh, so-called church-based or in the world-based, even though there's not really division, but whatever gift or ability he's given you with, do it, the Bible's saying, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Whether our gifts and abilities are of word or of deed, any outworking of a God-given gift, a flame will naturally involve ready, clear, open uh, witness or, or talking about Jesus or openness to talk and discuss that at any time. They're co-joined hand in hand. But with talking openly about Jesus comes persecution because there's a spirit of the world and there's a spirit of Jesus and they're in conflict with each other. And so people don't necessarily like it or want it. After encouraging Timothy to fan into flame his gift, he goes on to say, Do not be ashamed to testify about our Lord or ashamed of me as prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. What Paul is effectively saying to Timothy is, a gift and so a life on fire is a huge blessing to many people, but you and I both know that it's going to attract bad attention too. Let your gifts be on fire anyway and accept the suffering that will come. Don't shy away from it, walk into it and through it by the power of God. Not only does fire get the attention of those who want to know God or are receptive to God or are seeking after God, it also attracts the attention of those, sadly, that hate God. Now, they can be converted, as the Apostle Paul was one that hated God but was radically converted. But, uh, yeah, those that hate God and His Word and want to persecute God and His followers and put the fire out. So putting out a bushfire in a natural setting is a great thing. We, we honour our, our bushfire fighters, our CFS, MFS. They do an awesome job. But the devil also has a fire brigade in the spiritual realm. And whenever he sees a gift ablaze, someone living out their God-given call, uh, destiny, abilities, blessing and helping others aflame, he, he, he gets his fire crew around and says, put that out, put that fire out. He tries to intimidate and instill fear in people and blanket and subdue their gift and their lives back to coals. 
and even put it out altogether. We, 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 we inherently know that, that talking about Jesus will involve persecution. And that's sometimes why I think we, we like to play it safe and just be a, a, a fire of coals and not attract too much attention and just be subdued and, and, and quiet. But Paul instills courage into Timothy regarding this and his words encourage, uh, instill courage into us also. Don't be ashamed. Join with others who suffer for their witness by the power of God. And just as Jesus prayed in the garden that before he went to the cross, he said, not my will but yours be done. He, he asked God for the power and the strength and the help to walk through this suffering, to actually, to actually actively go toward it and walk through it and come out the other side. And God honored his prayer and strengthened him. And so I encourage you and I today to, to be in prayer to God and say, give us strength and courage uh, to, to face whatever may be thrown at us today and in the days to come, in our workplace, in our homes, wherever we may be. And so you might be a born-again Christian today and you might be struggling with fear and timidity. You notice that it's affecting your life and making you less effective in the abilities God has gifted you with. I encourage you to believe and act on this message by trusting in the Holy Spirit as I intend to do by the grace of God. Let us all overcome fear, the spirit of fear, by the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind that God has given us and see our gifts and abilities burst into flame, our lives will be much more effective than they may be right now. You might be listening to this message today, wherever you are in your home. Um, I don't know where you may be. You could be in the park. You could be anywhere. You might be filled with fear and timidity. It might be controlling your life. It might be a life-controlling problem. God wants to set you free from that today, right now, wherever you are. And I'm going to pray for you uh, right now. You may be alone. It doesn't matter. I received the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit when I was alone. No one around me. It just, it just fell upon me. And, and it can happen the same way to you. And I'm believing today that you're going to be set free from that, that, that thing that's plaguing your mind um, today and has done for a long time. And so if you're in that place, why don't you bow, you, you get down on your knees or raise your hands or put your hands in front or do something um, just to indicate to God that you want to be uh, receptive of his answer and deliverance today I'm believing that God is going to touch your life right now so Father we pray for these people dear God that that Lord that have been plagued and troubled by fear and timidity God for, for maybe for years Lord they just can't escape it Lord we pray that you might have mercy on each and every person God that is asking you right now we pray that you'd enter that room enter wherever they are just come upon them with your spirit of power, with your spirit of love and your spirit of a sound mind. God, and, and deliver them from this thing. Cause there to be a peace come into their lives right now and, and just a joy and just a refreshment and a deliverance from what may have plagued them for, for a long time. And help them, I pray, dear God, to, to be in prayer, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to pray in other languages, Lord, and to 
to know your deep, deep love for them, God. And uh, Lord, the incredible things you've gifted them with. Father, I just pray for them right now and thank you for doing a miraculous work in each and every life that's asking you right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, you might be um, listening today and, and you're not a Christian. Um, you might not be, you'd say, I'm not born again. I'm not forgiven. I, I don't know where I'd go after I die. Well, Jesus wants you to become a part of his family today. He wants you to be forgiven and feel good about yourself, about life, and know that you have a home in heaven when, with him when you die. See, Jesus can forgive your sins. Jesus just can't excuse sin, but he can forgive it. But you have to ask him to. And if you want that right now, we've got a short prayer that's going to come up on the screen. And we're going to read uh, that out together. It says this, Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God, that you died on the cross and rose again to forgive my sins. I ask that you forgive me. I give you my life and invite you to be my Lord and Saviour. Today I am born again. I trust my future into your hands. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, please get in contact with us here at One Heart. We would love so much to hear from you. And we can just uh, connect with you and tell you uh, more about the decision you've made and, and where, what steps to take from here. So God bless you if you've made that decision. That's awesome. And we're rejoicing with you today. We're, we're so happy for you today. And so, one heart and whoever else may be listening uh, to this message today, I hope it's been a blessing to you. Um, and uh, have a great rest of the week, rest of the day, rest of the week. And uh, we're just going to go to some announcements now um, with Bernard.